other thing though is that <laughs> Matt Reeves built this world that is weird and you can't put your thumb on it and like Gotham is both old and new and, yeah, and yeah, both yeah, no, safe yeah. and unsafe and just anxiety inducing you may fire when ready what exactly is it that they do kick names and here we go take ass Welcome to the podcast that gives you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. How are you all feeling it is a great monday um i've checked all the dark corners in my house um there's nobody <laughs> hanging out there um but we're excited to be with you all because we are here to talk about the batman um yes, we are. you may notice that we are down a member of our team for the moment um marcus is currently uh trying to get some stuff popping after the summit league tournament so he may join us he may not either way um we've got a one brian roush with us here tonight hello everybody and that is i'm just, back yep that is just fine brian how you feeling you know what i'm feeling way better than i was last week <laughs> last week sick. i sounded like a foot soldier in a lord of the rings movie it was awful. Uh, getting sick. I don't recommend it. Zero yeah. out of five stars. No, that uh, so awful. I've been drinking liquids like it's my job these past. Nice. This past week, week and a half. So I'm so happy to be back. I'm happy to have my voice back. Uh, I don't have my day job tomorrow, so I'm I'm having some adult beverages. Yeah. Here to really get into the Batman. Yeah. Um, so super pumped, very much looking forward uh, to Marcus popping on midway through and us getting into the Batman for sure. because um, I know he has some thoughts as well. Yes, but I'm so hyped about this movie that I can hold two people's energies about how much yes. I loved the Batman. And I yeah. can't wait to talk about it with you. Doug. Yeah, the the hype train for this is absolutely real. Oh, my gosh. Brian, yes. Brian, I have a question for you, and this is because of my own lack of knowledge. Oh, um, croup um this isn't a medical <laughs> podcast but i am just curious because i went popping off about it last week oh uh, my gosh is it croup serious not serious help me understand a little bit more about croup in like 30 seconds yeah so for those that need to be brought up to speed my son uh we'll just call him uh my first my first son nice. he uh liam he uh he got croup uh woke oh, up gosh. with it had a terrible cough that sounded like a seal and i mean this Ooh. in the most affectionate way possible but oh, it's an that's... inflammation of your your throat your larynx um okay. and turns out he 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 was okay now he's fine yeah. got him some medicine but that virus totally made its way all around our house in different various Ooh. forms my other son got sick i got sick my wife got sick I'm pretty sure our our like our baby got the sniffles from it, but he's fine now. So, yeah. um, but that's croup, like in a that's nutshell. Fun. That's good to know. And if you want to sound like the guy who says oh like Slayer on Halo, <laughs> get yourself some croup because Brian sent us an audio <laughs> video and it was incredible. I heard it and I was like, oh my god. That I was, mean, that, I that I could get bad. so low. That was the weird part. <laughs> I could get like, my voice 
so low that I was like, I sound like the Halo announcer. Yeah. I can do this. You and went from a tenor to a bass. Like it was pretty incredible. much. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah, and and like after I sent that to you, I also sent that to another group of friends. It did not come off as well. So you all got the golden take Ooh, on that. Um, I feel spoiled. I feel but spoiled, uh man. yeah, no, I uh that was awful. That was okay. awful. Don't get croup. Don't don't, don't don't try recommend. to get sick, folks. Okay, awesome. Um, well, cool. Um, I oh look, 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 look who it is. Just oh my goodness, we're doing introductions. It's perfect. He joined us. We didn't get into anything. I'm getting my sound together. Don't mind me. I am going to talk about how my week was, and then Do we'll it. kick it on to Mister Overalls and Bucket Hat himself. Um, one Marcus J. Um, so for me, I had a good week last week. It was exciting. Um, okay. Didn't, didn't do a whole lot. Um, just kind of kicked it. It was a good weekend. Um, okay. <laughs> he wants to say something. Are we just starting? Yeah, we are just starting. Oh, we did damn, not do anything. Y'all really waiting perfect. for me. Y'all are we so did. sweet. We wanted to make sure you were included. We know <laughs> that you had some thoughts about the bad Batman, but. But I'm yeah, sorry, but I, I had like I smoked week. 10 packs a day. Sorry. That's, that's all right. You just came from a giant sports event. So that, that's all right. It's true. You did. Um, so actually, Marcus, this is perfect timing. Marcus, how are you? Um, we lost. But I know. Uh, I know. It, was, Sad day. It, was, it was fucking bad. Let me tell you all what they did to me in that goddamn arena. Oh, no. Listen, they, doing, they are doing an 80s lookalike uh, challenge. They're doing an 80s lookalike cam. On the okay. big screen of the, like, right. the big, the big thing, yeah. dumb thing, right? So they've been doing it all week. They haven't done like any black people, right? So I wore this bucket hat and I got these shades. Okay, oh, no. that's my thing. Oh, that's fuck. my thing. I do in the sideline. I mean, even as a white guy, I know where this is going. I, yeah. I know right so, where this is going. <laughs> so they put up a picture. They're doing their picture thing. I, so I haven't been paying attention much because I'm like looking at. It's kind of funny. They do like. People look like Luke Skywalker. It's like, oh, it's, sure. like a, it's a thing, right? Yep. Yo, when I tell you LL Cool J came on the screen with a bucket hat and they do a slow face reveal of who it looks like in the crowd, it was me. And everybody was like, oh, shit, it's LL Cool J. I literally turned around and told the student section, it's because I'm black with a bucket hat. And that was why. <laughs> that was why they gave me LL Cool J. Nothing else about me says LL Cool J at all. I'll take the compliment. I mean, wow. Ladies I mean, and gentlemen, we have LL Cool J joining us on the podcast yeah, from NCIS LA. This is, oh this is great. Welcome. Yeah. I, like how that's, I like how that's the reference Brian went with. Not, <laughs> not from his rap career, but from nope. NCIS LA. Nope, not, not, NCIS. not even any given Sunday. He went straight to <laughs> NCIS LA. <laughs> I didn't even pick a movie like Deep no. Like not I was gonna critically try and acclaimed. I was going to try and make a joke about your mama telling you to knock someone out, but I just yeah. decided to leave it there. Yeah. And, and yeah, I appreciate it. But, but other than that, you know, doing good. Sound like I uh, strangled my throat, but it's fine. No, that's We're absolutely I'm ready to fine. talk about the Batman. Yes. And I'm glad you did. And Marcus, we are here to talk about the Batman. The um, Batman. And I, uh, if Marcus, if you would la- allow me, I would mm. actually like Brian because it is his birthday tomorrow. <laughs> oh my I gosh! Would like Brian Early birthday, Brian! To yeah, give us take it away. the barber shop summary. So take it away, Brian Roush. Give us the great clip. Put him on the main stage. Put him the on the main stage. <laughs> Here we go. You ask and you shall receive. Fans, folks, 
people I know. I was uh, unaware I'd be doing this. So this is all <laughs> coming part. from the top of my head. This is what makes this You want the barbershop? <laughs> you want the barbershop summary of this movie? I do. Here we go. The Batman. Welcome. You know the Batman. We don't need to get into the whole backstory. And this movie doesn't. That's fantastic. It just starts off and people are scared. Gotham, it's a mess. But don't worry. There's this guy in the shadows. Everybody's scared of him. And the movie essentially is just set in a giant shadow. This is a good thing. This is a very good thing. And it is Robert Pattinson, as you've never seen him before, as the Batman. Now, you might say... Hey, isn't that the Twilight guy? Nope, because the best thing about this movie, that dude is in the Batman suit for like 75% of the movie. So this entire movie, you're seeing Robert Pattinson being sad, Nirvana sad. It's a very premium type of sad. Being Nirvana sad, going around Gotham, trying to solve a mystery. First, the mayor gets killed. Then another high-level city official gets killed. He then meets Selena Kyle. Things happen. Don't want to give too much away here. But <laughs> suffice it to say, he sads his way all over town, but in an enjoyable way. Because, like, man, feelings, you know? Yeah. And then you get to the third act, and then there's more. So that is the barbershop summary I'm going to give you for today. Honestly, oh. that's it. Yeah, that that was Brian. That was perfect. I appreciate that. Well, y'all are too kind. I I appreciate it. I appreciate you going with us and 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 firing from the hip on that. I like how I like how he teased Selena Kyle and Batman. Like we don't know they fuck. Like we know (laughs) that is leather on leather crime. Like we know that. Yeah, yeah, they both own assless chaps. And the only reason there is chemistry that they didn't romance each other. I don't believe that for a second. No they, way. That's because yeah. they're deep in the shadows. All you, all you smell is burning leather. <laughs> I mean, like they, they in the shadows hunching. Like that's, that's there's so many shadows in Gotham. It's a lot, it's a lot of shadows. There's a, the there's a shadow in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Like, I, just, yeah. there's so many. Even his house, his house did not have a single light bulb in that motherfucker. Like, he yeah. moved the table, and I was like, how the fuck? Can you see what you're putting into? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um, gentlemen, let's give everybody a rundown of the cast for this particular movie. Um, I, Brian, you did an outstanding job, but want to make sure everybody amazing. is up oh, to please. date. So, as Brian mentioned, Robert Pattinson is Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Zoe Kravitz plays Selena Kyle slash yes, Catwoman. Um, <sighs> Jeffrey Wright plays Lieutenant James Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin Farrell plays um, Oz or the Penguin. They don't really say Oz much. It's no, the Penguin. Not really. They say it like yeah. once. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, Paul Dano plays the Riddler. John Turturro, John Turturro plays Carmine Falcone, and Andy Serkis plays Alfred. Um, there are some other folks that are in this, but I kind of want to save that for a little bit later because it's mm. kind of sort of important, and it'll be one mm. of our discussion points. Mm. Um, gentlemen, at a point, yes, please. Um, I just heard new. They just talked about Matt Reeves. Kind of just talked about the series that was a spinoff mm-hmm. yes. um, and he had literally i just read that he said that the gotham series that was supposed to be going on hbo max has now evolved into an arkham asylum horror story type series yeah. now yeah so i just want to put that out there to kind of help with the discussion at whatever point that comes out i think that that's an important point to make based yeah. off of what we've yes. now seen yeah, I agree. that I'm so glad you brought that up because that broke today on mm-hmm. like I think it was Variety or something like that. Yeah. But like, yeah, I I guess yeah, there, there are now three 
different yeah. spinoffs, including this Arkham one. So there's Penguin. one really Penguin's getting his own. Yeah. Um, the Gotham City PD is getting their own to kind of highlight the corruption in Gotham in the police department. And then there is this other one that is um, no the Gotham the Gotham City PD one has now evolved into oh so they oh okay that's good to know because yeah, where I had yeah, last yeah. check I had heard that that the the Arkham one and the Gotham City PD one were separate so it sounds yeah. like maybe that's so into something else the scuttlebutt there I guess Matt Reeves said this on a podcast I can't remember the exact podcast but it's in sure. a variety article um yeah. but basically they wanted to center the GCPD one on a corrupt cop. And basically oh, the idea would be that the Gotham city police were the biggest gang in Gotham. Oh, and like, okay. Like this, mm. this story would essentially be a battle for this cop's soul who is corrupt. So it would center on a corrupt GCPD officer. And like, it turns out some people got uncomfortable with that, which I think is dumb as hell. Surprise, because surprise. That's dumb as hell. That is, I it's think, too a close story to reality. Telling. Just a smidge yeah. for some, I suppose. But so they moved it to Arkham, which is a good crowd pleaser. Everybody, you say Arkham and everyone's going to like lose it, myself included. Yeah. But oh, I still sure. feel like that's a good story one day. I hope that we can tell. Especially I think with, there's the, some good with stuff the new there. background that mm-hmm. we've got with, uh, you know, yeah. that's, that's announced in there. But sorry, Doug, I want to. No, that, lead on that, this. I want to follow no, your lead. That is a great, great point. And actually, I was going to turn it over to the two of you anyway to give me your first impressions of this movie. Like, let's mm. just like as you all kind of like this was this was a this was good. Like, but I'm curious, what did you all just quick first impressions? And I have some other pieces here and there that I want to flush out. It's a masterpiece. I think that this movie is a masterclass in movies. And I have yeah. a point that I want to talk about the yeah, main yes. one is this versus the dark Knight. That's right? a big that's oh, the main, boy. That's the biggest conversation. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you have characters like Superman to a certain extent, cause he's had enough runs now, Spider-Man <laughs> and Batman and, and Hulk um, just, these are the immediate characters that come to mind that have had several versions of character iterations, right. And different actors playing these characters. There's right. always the comparison that comes in of who's the better insert, whatever. Oh, right? my gosh. That's true. So now the conversation is, is this movie better than TDK? And I just want to say, for me, Marcus Destin, yes. Um, and, it's, and it's better for different reasons. Mm. That movie was in 2008. And somebody true. made a great point. I went back and I actually rewatched it. Okay. And The Dark Knight specifically, because that's the one that's most acclaimed. Here's the thing about that Batman movie. Bruce by himself or Christian Bale by himself on screen is not satisfactory enough. Mm. You have to have Heath Ledger on screen with him and their chemistry together makes it compelling. But the individual Batman story does not do well. I think that this movie to me does the opposite. Yeah. You got a solo story, but it wasn't overwhelmingly a solo story. It was still just as much an origin story for Mm-hmm. the start of Batman's rogues gallery, which was why right. it had to be three hours long. Yeah. TDK was good for what it was in 2008. And it was based in realism and this realistic world. And I get that. But for me, for different reasons, this movie is better than TDK. And I'm willing to not even argue. I'm willing to go back and forth on this because yeah. I love the dark Knight. That's my favorite. I've seen it a hundred times. Sure. Literally. Yeah, for sure. 
I, I think what I want to jump in with is like, I totally hear what you're saying, Marcus. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think when we look back on these movies, I think one of the things that like I was surprised about, cause I watched the dark Knight recently, like two, three years ago. Sure. And like, man, like we like as a, as like a collective national psyche, we just never got out of like terrorism, like mm-hmm. being scared of it. And mm-hmm. like, Mm-hmm. even yeah. like from like 2001 is what i'll just say yeah. like e- that movie was made se- seven eight nine years later after 9-11 but the echoes of it were still so transparent mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. and the dark knight does an amazing job of capturing yeah. all of those feelings and putting it into this like symbolism of Batman of and yeah. and the Dark Knight accomplishes it like it's right. enjoyable and it is arguably one of the best comic book sure. movies yes yes because of that relatability right hands down like mm. I, like comparing it to this if I had to compare it I enjoy them both but I enjoy the Dark Knight as an action thriller I don't yes. think the mystery is as much there like it, it, it yeah. it's mm-hmm. almost like all right, it's kind of like a board game of like, here's Batman. He's got to do Scarecrow. All right, now he's gotta he's gotta go to China mm-hmm. and get this guy. Now he's gotta go find Joker. Now he's gotta do this. Like you, you just kind of progress along the board game, and yeah. I love board games. The thing with the Batman though is it took a different approach where it turned itself into like a mystery thriller mm-hmm. with the action almost being the punctuation rather than For the subject sure. and. Yep. That is what I think is such a refreshing feeling about the mm. Batman. And I think that's why like I'm riding this high with y'all because mm-hmm. we got three movies of action thriller Batman and it was very well done. Those movies are a trilogy of excellence mm-hmm. and you, I don't feel like there are a lot of flaws in them. Yeah. Um, with Fair. the Batman, it is something that is so fresh and new and focusing on that mystery element that, you feel like you're trying you you feel like you're solving the mystery alongside Batman and maybe not everybody felt like that but it, it at least tried to convey like you're in this with Bruce Wayne like whether mm-hmm. you like it or not you're going to feel how sad he is whether you yeah. like it or not mm-hmm. and grow with him and i feel like that's yeah. what this movie excels in whereas the dark knight it was like oh man Bruce Wayne's sad but like those explosions were cool weren't they mm-hmm. you know like yeah. i feel like they yeah. both satisfy different parts of me that's yeah. true that's good. I, yeah i love it i think the other piece of this is i think for me it's almost hard to compare them. I appreciate the comparison. I think for me, the Batman has now replaced it's the dark Knight as my favorite Batman movie. Wow. But the reason being is, is that I look at to Brian, your point. I look at the dark Knight as a really good action movie. Yes. Because if you look at the Joker and don't get me wrong, Heath Ledger delivers delivers yes. a once in a lifetime performance. He he unrecognizable. is unrecognizable. Yeah. He went to yeah. a very dark place with his role. He's a star of that movie. Yes, right. he is. But I don't think that his villain, while it's really cool to see the Joker on screen, I don't basic. think his villain was trying to say anything that yeah. comic book fans didn't already know. It's ba- oh. it's basic. It's basic. It's very surface level anarchist Joker. Yes. And for me, I always think that like Batman is only as good as the crime or the mystery that he's trying to solve. And Paul Dano's Riddler 
did an outstanding job of being a true mystery that had to be solved. And yes. Batman didn't just have to use his fists to get yes. to the bottom of the problem. He Say had to use again. his fists and his brain. He did not have to just use his fists to get to the bottom of the problem. He no, had to use say can you say your full statement, your original statement again? Are you okay. focusing on like Batman's only as good as? Yes, that yes. part. That's yeah. the part. So what I was saying is it's like Batman is only as good as the villain that's opposite him. Mm. And while Joker is a compelling villain as far as it ranges in the like in the comic books, they come up against one another very, very mm. frequently and they go toe to toe and he's always a thorn in his side. Cinematically, I think that the Riddler was a better villain to Batman in the Batman than okay. it was in the Dark Knight. I love this point. OK, and okay. I think I love it for different reasons. It's making me think. OK, um, <clears throat> and I think that that statement <laughs> is a statement that isn't said often, but I think that you're right. But I also think that it's the thing that holds back yeah. looking at other characters when it's time to make a Batman movie. Sure. Because my point is, as as good as Riddler is in this, I mean, great, fantastic, mm -hmm. and as good as Joker was, there are still other characters in that Rose Gallery that could be a lot more compelling than For Joker, sure. the Riddler, and Bane, and, and if we're going to TDK, right? Yeah. What about the clay faces and those unorthodox characters that are a little bit harder to mm -hmm. put on screen? Is Batman still if though if if the writing of those characters flop, the writing yeah. is bat is that Batman movie just as good if you get a Mr. Freeze Clayface hush or whatever? Yeah. Hush, those characters are easy to do because they're down to earth. Serial killers exist, crazy yeah. motherfuckers like hush and them exist all the time. Victor Zaz. Yep. Yeah, Victor's ass. Like, even the Calendar Man. It's a. It would be yeah. a weird movie, but fuck, it exists. Yeah, that's an interesting statement, Brian. What are your thoughts? Because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. We look like I, we have the same face. I, I disagree. I think that's Batman excel. Like, I think Batman's villains, like, e so from like a comic book standpoint. Mm -hmm. I think they're really fantastical. Like yes. Batman has always had this like mystery vibe, but like. You have a dude that like he freezes mm. people because because he's frozen because he tried to save his wife. I can't right. see that with a straight face. I'm right. talking about Mr. Freeze, but that's a fantastical villain. Mm -hmm. And then here's Batman like I have a utility belt, you know, and like mm -hmm. it, right. it, it just there's fantastical scenarios where he's trying to solve these these mysteries or these problems. And for me, I don't feel like Batman isn't i guess i have enjoyed batman and i feel satisfied with a batman story mm. when he is confronting his own trauma oh sure yeah and i think that can stand alone on its own i feel like because i think part of this movie if we're talking broad strokes here like a lot of it is him dealing with the fact that like yeah this happened to you and you chose to deal with it as a violent vigilante seeking vengeance mm -hmm. yes that's what you yes. did that yeah. just take all the villains out of it but like dude that's what you did that's what you did for like 20 years you, yeah. you, or however long I, and, they don't really define it no you took a significant part of your life to seek vengeance in this city that is clearly not yes. in good times not in good straits and like that is how he chose to deal with his trauma letting mm. himself go not taking care of himself, not taking care of his estate. It, it, like it barely looks like mm -hmm. he can keep he can keep the lights on. I'm joking about the aesthetic, of course, but like no, you, 
I do feel like it's compelling in the sense of like, how do you deal with your own trauma? And I yes. feel like that's been one of the ways I've always been attracted to Batman. And I do also feel like that's one of the wide appeals of Batman because mm-hmm. so many of us have these traumatic experiences, whether they're yeah heavy or light. And Batman is like, I had trauma. I'm going to dress up like a bat and beat the crap out of somebody. And yeah. you're like, you know, I've also had trauma and I don't know how to deal with it. Tell mm-hmm. me your story, Bruce Wayne. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't have a ton of masked vigilantes r- running around, but I feel like that resonates that with we people. know of. <laughs> and just like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. That was such uh, an innocent day. Hey. No, that's, I work from home now. I've got, <laughs> I've got shit that I do in my I'm free time. time. <laughs> Look, my point being, I think Batman is, it, the Batman stories are as good as the exploration of his feelings and trauma. And I think the villains are always good to be these like really colorful paintbrushes. And I, I do like, miss, okay, sorry. I do want to add to my point real quick, Doug. That's one thing I did like about George Clooney's Batman. Sure. The the end of that Batman movie of Batman and Robin oh, is yes. is Batman saying, "I want." Basically, it was like, "I want to help y'all. Like, right. I'm not just here to beat you the fuck up. I'm right. also trying to like, Mister Freeze. Here's the medicine that you needed for your wife. <laughs> Take two of these and call me in the morning. Like you know what I mean? And like him helping Alfred in return because yeah. he had the same disease. And even Poison Ivy, like they gave the villains a chance. And I feel like we've steered away from that. Mm-hmm. Bane was oh a terrorist, God. so Bane didn't get a Bane didn't get any yeah, type of straight up died. Grace. I mean, it was like total war. It was like, yeah. all war. Even even um, Anne Hathaway's Batwoman, I mean uh, Catwoman, Cat, yeah. yeah, got Grace, but only because he liked her. Right. Nobody else got no fuck. Scarecrow didn't get no goddamn Grace. No. Joker no. Joker didn't get any Grace. He was willing to beat the shit out of Joker just because he outsmarted him. So it yep. kind of feels like it's more Batman's ego than it is him trying to get to the core and the root of the problem. And well, like, I've been reading a lot more Batman and I yes, feel like have. that was the original intent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I agree with that. And I and I think I think my point is maybe more taking it from like a cinematic perspective because I sure. think the only versions of Batman that we've really gotten were we got Keaton's Batman twice and that one was kind of like I'm a loner, but I also really want to save the city. We didn't do, it was more about putting a comic book on screen than it was. You're used to the comic books. You've seen them on screen. Now let's go and make it a little bit more complicated. Hmm. Schumacher's were bright and flashy and fun. I think they endure. I think they embraced the seventies Batman, like the TV Batman a little bit more with. They were also made to sell toys. Let's also also accurate. Um, (laughs) But then you get to like Nolan's Batman and don't get me wrong. Like Batman begins is a great movie. Like I it, thoroughly yeah, enjoy it's, that movie. It's a top three. I forget about that. It's a the top dark, three. I it's think it's not a top, my three. top three. The dark, uh, Knight, the dark Knight is fantastic. And yeah. I think it's because of the performances of Heath Ledger and others. I mean, Aaron Eckhart as um, <sighs> two face slash Harvey. Dan, on. He fucking made that. Like, yeah. So he did such an he outstanding job. Yeah, he but did. I think what I appreciate to kind of back up your points is those were so great performances that you almost forgot that Batman was going through his trauma. But here sure. in this version of it, sure, Paul Dano, Paul Dano, Dano provides such a good character that's oh my gosh. at least mm-hmm. subtle in the first two thirds that we really do get to see Batman toil with some shit. And Brian, I love your point about like 
he's like at the beginning he says his vengeance and then at the very end the like Kiwanan-esque yeah. cult surrounding uh, the Riddler like looks at him and says, I am vengeance. And he's like, oh, fuck. Is this oh, what yeah. I've been doing to this people? This is a good time yeah. to say, if you're not familiar with us, we're going to spoil this, this movie. This is going to get spoiled. Point, I mean, like, if we <laughs> yeah, haven't already. Up until this point, we've just been talking about Batman as a whole. Yeah. And now, yeah. now we're kind of leading. I like the natural progression into now looking at this I mean, particular Batman, yeah. iter this iteration. Yeah. So I I just, I really appreciate mm. it. The one point I yeah. want to make before yes. we go back to talking that about really getting point, into though. this one is I want to talk about box office. Because I think the it. other, I think the other commentary that I've been seeing a lot around social media and elsewhere is this is why WB and DC films needs to stick to stories that are not a part of a connected universe. This is why they need to focus on doing one-offs or small little sequences to kind of like um, not I mean, have to make everything connected. So sure. oh, before, before you give me your input, I want to give you the numbers and then I want to see what you think about it. Do it. So the Batman as of right now has had a 127 to $132 million opening weekend. It wow. is second wow. behind it's $247 million globally. Um, is it really mm -hmm. globally, not just internationally? Um, so wow, here's, here's the numbers in the box office. And I went back and I looked at every single comic book movie that has come out of DC and WB for the past 10 years, I Lay think. Lay it on us, Doug. So, uh, the first place movie is Aquaman. It made $1.148 million billion, with a B dollars. It took people it by is, surprise. Yeah, it's 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was, albeit an orange origin story. And while we were familiar with him for Justice League, you could say that you I could mean, stand that up on its own. That, no, I mean... Yeah. There's a Star Wars yeah. element to that movie. There's mm -hmm. a fighting video game element to oh, that movie. 100%. I, that that movie appeals to so many people. It, I, that yeah, movie that... did an interesting thing with its origin story. Yes, it, it, it reintroduced it and said, "Hey, Aquaman is not just somebody who rides seahorses." Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Joker made one point zero seven billion dollars. It had a sixty-eight no. percent on Rotten Tomatoes. No. Not a shared universe. Yes. I have not oh. watched that movie since we saw it. Yes. The Dark Knight Rises made $1.081 billion. It had an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Jesus Christ. The Is Dark it really Knight, 87? 87 as of yesterday when I checked. Um, the Dark Knight made $1.005 billion. It had a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, yeah. Um. Batman versus Superman made $872 million. It had a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Because they fucking... Uh, <laughs> I mean... And then... <laughs> fucking... Go ahead, okay, okay we're keep, we keep going, otherwise we're going to be in trouble. Um, Wonder Woman made $822.4 million with a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Man of Steel made $668 million with a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um... Justice League, not Zack Snyder's Justice League. Don't I'm gonna get to it in a minute. Justice League made six hundred and fifty-seven million dollars and had a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Batman Begins made three hundred and seventy-three point seven million dollars and eighty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And then the Batman, as of now, 
is at an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes and made $127 million. Now, there are three movies that I can't include because they didn't have a box office. And that is Zack Snyder's Justice League, which was at a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wonder Woman 84 that had a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. That shit was bad. And then the Suicide Squad, which had a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm, um, Oh my gosh. So gentlemen, of those movies that are not a shared universe, or I would say our origin stories can stand up on their own, your top four fall, I would argue, fall into that category. You can kind of, but Aquaman is maybe through subject to interpretation on that side of that category. You want us to pick our top four? I would say no. Do you agree or not agree with the statement that maybe DC film, the DCEU, or maybe Warner Brothers should stick to making movies that are not connected? I disagree with the statement. Okay. But I, yeah, I but disagree I, but, with the initial statement you made. Yeah. Though. Okay, Go ahead, I disagree. But I, but I disagree because they would do fine if they just took their time to do it. Sure. The reason Batman versus Superman failed is because that wasn't the original story, but WB wanted to rush that and connect so that they can get their Justice League out as fast as the Avengers were going. So sure. they obviously rushed it and then they tried to do a repeat of anti-heroes with Suicide Squad and yeah. that didn't do well either. Mm-hmm. So, so then what you get is, okay, what about, what if we do Birds of Prey and try to appeal to the women? Oh, fuck, I forgot about Birds of Prey. That didn't really... You know, it kind of hit or miss there, whatever you want to call it. I like the movie myself. Margot um, Robbie's really upset right now. I mean, she's, hell, she up. should be tired of putting on that goddamn makeup. So, I like, mean, she's done so much. For, yeah, go ahead. She's, I mean, she's carrying that. She was carrying she DC. Her pack is tired. She's yep. tired. Like, so my thing is, they don't need to do a connecting universe. I'm interested to see what they'll do when Black Adam comes out because The Rock has been tweeting like he has stock in WB and DC Comics. Um, it's it's weird the way that the Batman was successful. He put out a tweet saying, "Yo, this is successful. I'm so excited for the fa-. like." It was so weird. Like, dude, are you on the board of execs for WB? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? But anyway, yeah, I disagree with the original statement. Sure, Brian, because they could just take their time. That's true, Brian. Yeah, I I just want to chime in. Birds of Prey, the critic, the critic rating uh, for that was 79, percent and I do feel like that oh, no, made... that's, to, that's important to note. I do, and I think I think it broke five hundred million worldwide. It had to have been. You you give your point, and I'll look that up. I appreciate that. Uh, I think the original statement that you saw on Twitter, which I also saw, by the way, because I was I was on Twitter a lot today. Uh, well, just the idea that like these standalones are better, and that DCs should stick to standalones. I just feel like that's a really lazy narrative. I think yes. that's a really good lazy mm-hmm. clickbait yes. narrative that, that like a seventh grader could make. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that's the level I would expect like a seventh grade term paper to make because yeah. you're not looking at the historical context of essentially you can have this connected universe, but you have to put into the work because there's an like, Marvel figured this out and it's very formulaic. So like, I don't feel like it's very hard, at least from where I'm sitting as a critic in which you have these really good products and you could very easily, whether it's, you know, the Batman or you're having another standalone, you can marry, you can reference one thing. You can make one line as a reference to one thing. You can connect that universe. 
and then you can bring everybody together. It's only recently since like Thor Ragnarok that you're like the Hulk's going to show up in Ragnarok mm, or like oh, right. Spider-Man and Doctor Stranger in a Spider-Man movie like For that's longer than kind a of recent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like Marvel has started to blend those properties together. That's a whole other podcast. But they earned but, that. Like but exactly. Like they've built it to a point where it, it has to be interconnected. DC has had the opportunity to do this. They have fumbled the bag like yeah. multiple Every times fucking time and yeah. doing it. And it's totally possible. And I don't think they need to stick to making one shots. And I feel like their brand would be even stronger if they emphasized these one shots and then just threw in literally a scene, or you can even just rip off of Marvel, just do an after credit scene of trying to make some of this stuff connected mm-hmm. and you could do it. So yeah. I don't think they need to stick to making one shots. I do think they have a strength of empowering filmmakers and that's a separate conversation yes um yes without so much control and hand in it i'm gonna come back to the secret sauce that is the secret sauce that i don't feel like people talk about yeah yeah i would say this i i too also disagree with the statement by the way i didn't mean to sound like i was like coming at you doug i've just meant the statement you brought up brian brian you and i are fine you can come at me whenever you want um i like i i also disagree with the statement i don't think that i don't think that dc has to stick to the stick to doing one-offs i will say though if they're going to continue to do like lazy connecting on the back end or they're going to continue to try and rush it and not do the work i can say as a consumer i'm not interested in their shared universe if they're not going to do the same level of work i'm not saying that they can't i think they absolutely can brian i think you illustrated a great point of how they can i can just say that as a consumer as someone who is exercising his spending power i don't know how jacked i would be about you know (laughs) I don't want another weed and justice league again. It was lazy. Well, it was thrown together. It wasn't good. Like, and I so mean, if that's the result of their effort, then I'm not interested. Here's the thing. You, you want to talk about MCU and cookie cutter. And I have been critical mm-hmm. of this as well. There's a reason they stick to their cookie cutter. It's because yes. you got a Joss Whedon and they <laughs> basically told Joss Whedon for the two Avengers movies. Like, no, you do it like this. And he, he probably had some bad instincts right. that he let all out right. in justice yeah. league and DC empowered him. Well, right? they said they literally, worse. they literally said that in an article that yeah. they believed in the original justice league. I can't remember what article it was, yeah. but that he was oh doing stuff in the justice league movie that he wasn't allowed to do. When he shot the Avengers movie. Oh, sure. Okay. That was like an entertainment weekly piece. I'm almost positive. Yeah, yeah, it was it was something like I wanted to say variety, but that sounds yeah, you're good. a lot better. But and yeah. and I do think that this is DC strength is we're gonna encourage your directors to just take the lead on it. It doesn't right. have to connect yeah. them to anything. Yeah, Matt Reeves already said he wants to develop this universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joker has been like, mm, we may or may not do another sequel. It got approved for a sequel, but how do you move forward in that after the way that the story ended? Who knows? Yeah. Black Adam is definitely getting a sequel because anything The Rock does is somehow gold. It goes gold. Yeah. yeah. I will say this, but Brian, to your point, and this is where I want to pivot us back to the Batman. Let's do empowering it. Empowering your directors, and Marcus, you brought this up too. Empowering your directors. Matt Reeves had set, went on record and said, I don't think I could deal with the constraint yep. of doing a Marvel movie. Yep. Not saying it was bad or good, but just saying like, they already have stuff built out and I yep. want the creative space to be able to develop it 
And that I think is what you said is where your secret sauce. I want my favorite, one of my favorite scenes from the Batman to kind of get us back to the Batman. Yeah. That scene in the hallway when he is trying to get to Selena Kyle Mm -hmm. and it, all of the lights are out and it is lit by gunfire. Do you understand Mm. Matt Reeves said that that was done with practical effects. That's in, that that's unreal. He lit that fucking scene <laughs> with muzzle flare. And as someone who can sometimes like, how was he not in his house being like, fuck yeah, I did it. Like, no, he did. Me, he did. He did. He did. Oh. Me, I would be like he in my it. house. Doug is screaming like, right now. Muted himself. Like Jack, because I have to be careful. I've almost ruined the podcast last week with my levels. Um, but like, I would be fucking pumped that I pulled that off. And he's just like, yeah, we just made the decision. We could make it happen. Do it with practical effects. I mean, Excuse me, sir. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. speechless. I mean, I, I feel like everyone's going to be talking about this hallway scene. For, uh-huh. for at least the next year or two, which and again, I told the guys this in the group chat, but I do want to share the director of photography and I'll look up the name in a second here. It is the same director of photography from Rogue One. So if that <laughs> hallway scene looked familiar and you're like, wow, Batman is just just uh, destroying dudes in a hallway. Well, the director of photography has a lot of good experience of following a dude destroying guys in a hallway. So they knew exactly what to do with is that, that. Greg scene. Fraser. I think so. I'm that gonna I'm gonna like... double check that, but yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, that, that was just that, that was scene incredible. is incredible. Um, yeah. I, it's <laughs> okay. Let's talk to Batman because we've been talking about Batman in general. So many forty one minutes in, we've been talking Batman in general. Now let's talk about the Batman. Yes, I got a couple of apologies I need to make. Okay, Robert Pattinson. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> I also am sorry. <laughs> I did not believe that you could. <laughs> do something like this even though because you have this twilight cloud over your head forever everybody who's been in that movie always has so like of course when you say i'm going to be playing batman and i remember when the tweets were coming out that it was between robert pattinson and the guy who played beast in x-men and they were yes really in x-men first class so he He yes, go back to episode one. I definitely <laughs> shitted on Robert Pattinson as Batman and the bat suit, which I ended up loving in the end. Um, and I gotta tell you a story about that bat suit shit that, when we were in the theater. That, I also love oh, that bat suit. When we were in the fucking I love theater. That bat suit. Um, so I want to apologize to Robert Pattinson. Somebody else I want to apologize to is Zoe Kravitz. I was mm. lusty the entire movie. Oh, and I just felt like I should not have been that lusty. Person. Marcus Marcus was like sweating for the majority of that Listen, movie. <laughs> When she when she was talking to him about her missing friend in the house and she reaches in the fridge and grabs something, I lean over to Doug and I say, if she's drinking milk, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna lose it. She turns and she's drinking milk. I said, Oh my god, she's drinking milk. I don't know what it was, but she's got this confidence, fear, sex appeal, like Yes, I'm Catwoman. I can do these mm-hmm. things, but also I'm just as afraid as everybody else of this mm-hmm. fucking town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, the, there's a balance there, so I want to apologize there. The best part about this Batman movie, it, to me, my favorite scene has to. Well, I, it's so many, 
But my favorite scene is one of the initial scenes when he okay. steps out of the fucking shadow. Oh, yeah. Because you spend the first five to eight minutes of this movie, he's giving this voiceover about Gotham mm-hmm. and how they think yep. I'm everywhere, but really I'm nowhere, but really I'm everywhere. Right. And Matt Reeves gives these shots of these dark alleyways yes. or mm-hmm. dark areas. Yes. And I could have sworn that I saw the silhouette of Batman Yes. In every shadow. Yes. yes. And so he, when he finally, the sounds of his boots hitting the, <sighs> it's soundtrack. so, the sound of his boots when he walks out of the final shot of shadows, I said, okay, he gets it. This guy uh-huh. fucking gets, Matt Reeves gets it and Robert Pattinson understands it. So that yeah. was one of my favorite scenes to start. Yes. Do you want a fun fact about Zoe Kravitz? Yes. yes. Um, she disclosed in an interview to the <laughs> Me and Brian. Yeah. She, had, she disclosed in an interview to the Observer that this movie for her was redemption because she had auditioned to be in the Dark Knight, but was told that she was quote too urban to appear in the Dark Knight, and so this is why she felt excited about it. Fuck you, Christopher. I, that's Nolan. racist. That's racist. That's, <laughs> that's straight racist. racist. Now that I've dropped my bomb, enjoy your discussion. Fuck Christopher Nolan, bitch! Wow. You shot a movie front, forwards, and backwards, and it failed. Wow. Matt Reeves shot this shit with practical effects, and it will be successful and forever remembered before Tenet is ever remembered. Matt Reeves, if not Matt Reeves, Christopher Nolan, if you let somebody say that shit to Zoe Kravitz, you're just as fucking bad. I don't give a fuck like, if it didn't come from you. I, I, I mean, like, right, Marcus? You're right. Like, it, it probably came from some casting company, but, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. With with Chris, Christopher Nolan does not have a great track record no. with, like, having folks no. of color in his film. Or women. But, like, he does not write women the, women. the right way. I, he does not I, I, like Anne Hathaway was fine. I don't hate her for some reason that like some people do. Like some people, you're like Anne Hathaway, and some people are like, I hate her. She must I hate her that much. Of, and it's just like, or did she like hurt you? But like Anne Hathaway was fine in Dark Knight Rises. I would have loved to see Zoe Kravitz. Like I would clearly I was, she can do it, and she did Christian it with Bale flying colors her. in the Batman. And I will also say this: she did indicate in that interview she was like, "I don't really remember. I think it was some casting director, so I don't know if it was much right. of for Nolan." But I still think it's interesting that she one came back and auditioned again, and two, I mean, who the fuck says that to somebody? Like you've what? had Eartha Kitt, Halle Racist. Berry. So how do you define Catwoman? Is one of the one characters that you can bounce. Racially, you yeah. can bounce back and forth, and people don't really give a lot of flack as to if you go one way yeah. or another. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. you I, switch the race and people freak the fuck out, but Catwoman, I feel like, is one no, it didn't really matter as much. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the other thing about the Batman to me that was just, I don't know, for me, that was relatable. It felt like a world I could relate to, of like, pe- like, 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 there was actually people of color in this. And, yes. and, it, like with with the Dark Knight, I know we're playing comparison games here, but like I'm going to make a point and I promise it will make sense mm-hmm. with the Nolan films. A lot mm-hmm. of the work that was done in creating Gotham was using real places to simulate that. And I think yes. that is fine. It is really mm-hmm. good and it was really effective. Gotham is Chicago. Fine. Totally <laughs> cool with that. A hundred percent. OK, with that point made. I think there's a lot of good stuff you can take from that. For As sure. somebody that lives in Chicago and right outside of Chicago, point made. The other <laughs> thing, though, is that <laughs> Matt Reeves built this world that is weird 
and you can't put your thumb on it and like gotham is both old and new and, young, and both yeah, new, safe yeah. and unsafe and just anxiety inducing and i feel like he really drives home the point in this film that like it just feels a little bit more lived in and i think yeah. that's i think that's really important to like the tone of the film and oh, I, and like i just I don't know. I think that's really important to what they we're called about. out white privilege and rich white CEOs in this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And that is the world that Gotham is to an extent. The yes. mayor being black was not a main point of the movie. It was just a cherry on top. Yep. That is the that her name that is a relatable world we live in. Yes. Her name was Riel <laughs> with a high Beyonce. And I was like, yes, <laughs> like do that shit because yeah. why the fuck not? Don't give her a regular, this is Morgan so and so. Give her a name like Riel, and that's her right. campaign name. Like, yes, I'm it, with this shit. I also think and, it was brilliant for them to say in the end of the movie, like, is it sort of closing out? He goes, it's going to be harder in places where crime is more prevalent, yep. you know, in the lower economic funded sectors. Like, yes. I'm paraphrasing that last line, but yes. he even drives the point of like, depending on where people live, if crime is not so much of a black and white thing. So, yeah, I thought I, that. Well, yeah. And it just, it felt more lived in. It just, mm-hmm. it, like, it was more than Chicago. It was just like, it felt like a city anybody that has ever been to. And, yeah that there's good parts and bad parts. Gotham is also always, I always feel like Gotham uh, gets this rap for like, Gotham's a character. Eh, kind of, it's a place, but yeah. like, it is this very, very fertile ground of like, if you have bad conditions, this is what happens. And I feel like they did a really good job of making that relatable to people. That was the point I was trying to make. Anyway, you all helped me. Get yeah, you there did it. I, I appreciate great. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian, what was your favorite scene? Now that you just muted yourself to cough. Uh, no, you're good. You're good. I mean, I'm mostly over this cough, but it's exposed still lingers. Brian in the movie magic. I did expose everything. You know, I think for me, my I, my favorite scene out of the whole thing has to be, I mean, like, and I don't feel like this is going to be something super special, but like the point of which I was like, oh my gosh, this is an amazing movie, was the car chase scene. Yeah. Yep. And like the conclusion of it. Yeah. And I'll I'll say the interrogation of Cobblepot because, mm-hmm. or Oz, uh, because that car chase, it was really visceral. And it was, and like Batman Begins, there's a really intense car chase, but this just felt like you were in the car. Like mm-hmm. in Batman yeah. Begins, it felt like you were in a helicopter kind of following it. Yeah. This felt like you were in the car. Stuff is bad. Like stuff is real bad. I'm pretty sure. And someone, anyone who follows us on socials can feel free to correct me. I'm pretty sure he stalls the car like a- accidentally, or I don't know if that's on purpose, but at hmm. the beginning of the chase, it like the car starts and then it stops. And I was like, oh, did he like stall oh, he it? He might have flooded like, the that engine when it started. I mean, it yeah, would like, did he flood it or, or stall it? Damn, like, is it just, that realistic? God, it would stand damn. to reason. I mean, he uh, custom built this shit in his basement. Like, of course, he maybe didn't get something fucking right. Like, he's not a mechanic. Like sad Nirvana only gets you so far when you're building up your car. But I mean, just having this interrogation scene where they're just so confident, right? Mm -hmm. And they're just so like, you tell us what's going on. And he's like, you you, both of you don't know Spanish. Y'all are idiots. And you're like, Batman's wrong. Like that was the face I had. I was like, Batman got it wrong. Because if you need a refresher, they're like tracking down 
this Spanish word mm-hmm. and essentially rata, rata. It, rata, rata, and like it's an L and a law is like the difference of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and he, and he yells world's greatest detective. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you're speaking to me, Colin Farrell. Like you were speaking to my soul. Crazy ass. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and it was just like, Batman got it wrong. And that for some reason was super satisfying. And he got it wrong. Like the yeah. world's greatest detective got it wrong after this giant car chase. It just, it really resonated with me. It made 100%. him more human. Yeah. Love that, Brian. And Colin Farrell, I think is like an unsung hero of this movie because mm-hmm. his like Oz, his Cobblepot was like brilliant. And it's not like he's unrecognizable in the role. He just, it just, he did such I mean, a job. I, I had to tell my wife, I had to tell my wife that's Colin Farrell. And she said, really? And I said, yup. And, and we had to look that up on IMDb on the way home. Cause to drive over the point. <laughs> unrecognizable. Yeah. Um, yeah. hundred uh, percent. Listen, this movie's a masterpiece. It's a masterclass. I said it on Twitter. If you're, if you are into videography or any type of photography or anything like that, I even think that there are stills in this movie that you can grab. Like if you just paused it and grabbed it, that would be great. Wallpapers would be great posts to make because it seemed like he was very intentional with everything in this movie from the suit to the scenes to the dialogue. It was three hours long. Here's the story I was going to tell. We are watching. Mm. (laughs) We're watching. I obviously went to go see it with Doug. And it's the one of the last scenes that looked like it's out of what was that Denzel movie where they hypnotized him to try to kill the president? Uh, uh yes, that's what that last scene reminded me of. Oh, okay. they, yeah. had the sniper, they had the sniper rifles on the top yes. of the thing. I could not think of that name of that movie. I was like, it's a, that one weird movie I've only seen like yeah. one and a half times. A remake um, of like a 70s movie, yeah, yeah. So they were at the top. And Batman hops on the electrical thing that, that's there, yes. and he pops the the bat symbol out of his chest that is now yes. a batarang or a knife. Yes, and Doug says, "Oh my god!" And he says it out loud, and he's like, "Oh my god!" He said, "This suit is practical as fuck." Oh yeah, so jacked about that. He was so Matt Reeves was intentional about everything he put in this movie. There, you know, there it was no perfect device. When no. I saw the things on his wrist and hands, I was like, yep. this looks stupid. But then you think about it. Of course, this is where you grab the little mm-hmm. harpoon shit and you put it on. Yeah, that makes his, the like, most gauntlet. fucking sense. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. why didn't he do who else? Why did nobody else do that shit? Yeah. That's what I think I appreciated about this. And I think, again, I, we've been saying this not to make the comparison, but I appreciate the fact that it wasn't just flashy fucking gadgets all the time. Yes. There were some things that were really flashy. Like, I mean... The detective lenses were fucking, fucking sweet. Fire. Like that just top to bottom. And thank you for really not good. explaining this shit to me. Thank no. you for not explaining why he's bulletproof. Thank you for not explaining the yeah. lenses to me. Yeah. Thank you for not over explaining a lot of his gear and the car yes. and why it runs right. and looks the way it does. Yes, I appreciated all and of it. Not to like always bring Star Wars into shit, uh, <laughs> but... I did not expect to say that. Uh, but not always to bring Star Wars into stuff. Um, but like, it's this idea of like, if you make a good enough movie, 
my, yeah. <laughs> rarely swear on this podcast. I love it. I, I've never been uh, but I, look, I know myself. Uh, but like, if you take this basic idea of Star Wars, right? And it's like, it's so good. You don't really care about any of the details. That's right. the Batman harness that you don't care where batman got his equipment because it's a good movie it looks slick it it it's a a compelling mystery you don't care to know what bruce wayne has been up to the past 10 years or how he got the car or anything like that but like it's this idea of like no one's gonna care about where batman got this stuff if we make a good enough movie and that's what happened and i feel so passionately about that i didn't tone police myself so there you go season Three episode it. eight finally fifty four minutes in. Brian says a naughty word. Brian says it. That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> Brian, Brian says <laughs> Brian Bat, the Batman, aka Brian says a naughty word. Oh He's coming for you now, but you know that. Right? <laughs> I'm gonna make a tick. I'm gonna make a TikTok about it now, where I use that whole like sound and everything. Yep, that's gonna be. Yep, I love it. Um, I love it though. Wait, that's how that's how here, strongly I, I feel. I'm here to beef. Okay, please. Oh. The best scene. One of the best scenes, one of the scenes I fucked with the most was the Joker scene. The Arkham Asylum. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about it. A lot of people, I'm not going to point no fingers, feel like that it was not necessary. And it doesn't... He's pointing at me. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. I thought you told me to turn it down. My bad. So a lot of people feel like this wasn't necessary, right? But for me... I feel like maybe the placement was off. It's a three-hour movie, and I understand adding this extra little epilogue in there, mm-hmm. you know, can kind of throw you off a little bit. I feel like this movie could have had it, that point could have had better placement. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And yeah. maybe that that Joker portion was earlier in the movie instead of mm-hmm. later on in the movie. Yeah, I just I, I like the fact that it's it's the guy from Eternals being the fucking Joker. Like what Eric the fuck? Keaton. Yeah, I would say this. I I think. If we had had so they so Matt Reeves, there is no other cut of this movie. There is no oh like God. Reeves cut, everything that he wanted in there. But it was <laughs> there was a suggestion. Don't you start your shit with me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. This was this was based <laughs> this was based off of the long Halloween. And in the long yeah. Halloween, the graphic novel, Batman yep. goes to Arkham to talk to Calendar Man, and yeah. the other rogues are there. Mm-hmm. So Based on what I've read and I've heard, I think Matt Reeves maybe wanted originally for it to be that he went there and Joker and Batman already had a relationship that we didn't know about. Yeah, because obviously yeah. he's behind bars. Yeah. We know Batman exists. So I think maybe that's the angle that they were trying to go with. No, it. he said that he said that that's yeah. what it was. OK, and yeah, that's what I he thought. Said I that they ran that. into each other, but he's not the Joker yet. Yeah, he is just this guy with a birth defect where he can't stop smiling yes yeah so i for me <laughs> the deep side from brian go on brian you go on brian i don't have anything you go on brian i here's my thing this this film felt like a really good novel and like it took its time it did what it wanted to do yeah. i just i feel like we didn't need it like it was fun like getting cotton candy at an amusement park, like it's great and it's fun. <laughs> Did I need it? No, but I understand why people enjoyed it. I do feel like it, 
I feel three ways about it, and I, I'm a complicated person. But like on one hand, <laughs> fine, it was fun. Like my wife and I looked at each other and we did the eye lock of like, is that the Joker? Like that happened. Uh, so I enjoyed it on that level. But on a, on, a, on like a deeper level, I feel like it kind of robs a little bit of the Riddler because the Riddler was an amazing villain, and like I feel kind of like torn about it because now people are like but the joker was in it but like the riddler was great in his own right mm, from a cine- like mm. from a story standpoint it i don't feel like it added anything it was just like hey the joker's here but i What's feel up? like i want to disagree with that one that go last ahead part. and it's Please. only because i see i don't disagree with the live without it live with it or live without it i think that that's great i i do disagree because i feel like the riddler <clears throat> although he was a good villain and a great serial killer. The other part to think about is the confidence that he does not have, which is so realistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, and it related to the comics. The Riddler knows he's smart, knows he's intelligent, but knows he can be beaten. Once he gets beaten, his ego like his ego comes in. Yeah. So yeah. you see how weak he is when Batman didn't agree with him. You see how weak he is when he was left alone and not given the attention yes. that he wanted. Mm-hmm. You get the Joker who is manipulative. We know that. And he yes. says, there's this guy who set the tone and embarrassed the bat or bought the Ooh. bat to the front light. I, mm-hmm. I, there's a relationship there with the bat that I know, but I need the Riddler to get, I need some help to get there. Yeah. And I feel like that, that is what that scene sets up is like the Joker is still a crazy fucker. Riddler it may not be as confident and was a great character, but the, you've never seen them interact before. There's a whole comic that talks about like jokes versus riddles. I can't yes. remember. I think it's a more recent run, I think, but um, well, something like that. And I, I like, I will also level that if the Joker reference was earlier in the film, I might have felt differently. Yeah. Having mm-hmm. it be in the epilogue, it just felt like one more thing they were trying to get mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm also going to say if it comes out that Matt Reeves was like, I really wanted that Joker bit in there because like I really like the Joker and I wanted some job security. Honestly, man, get that bag. Like, tease that Joker. Get that next movie made. Like, I respect that because that's the game we. That's the world in the game that we play. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. I just, from a narrative standpoint, I didn't need it. I felt like it would have been a tighter story if it wasn't in there because it would have focused more on the Riddler. But that's just wait, me. wait. Did y'all read the full post that I sent y'all? There was I, supposed I, to be I a. Did. There was supposed to be a scene with them where Batman goes and talks to the Joker yeah. to get insight. Oh, about yes. the Riddler. Yeah, yes. it was supposed to be like the the long Halloween bit. Yes, yes. And I think that if you set it up, if you were to set it up like that, I would have been like, okay, all right. Yeah. Honestly, I see where you're going. That would have been better earlier in the movie. That's where I would have been because I feel like yeah. that's a little bit more efficient in yes. your time because yes. then you get the reveal, yeah. you get the information, and yes. you're on your way. And Marcus, yes, I'm really happy yeah. you brought that up. I no, would have been. No, no, it's okay. That would have been no, okay. phenomenal. I agree with you. The way that they did it, I didn't really need it. It felt squeezed in, and the scene felt too long. It's kind of like that post epilogue scene. Now, y'all know I love the Snyder Cut, but when you look at that, when they do the epilogue, epilogue of the future world that could have been yeah the yes. scene of them in the desert like man it felt too long like it could have been good if it was shorter but it felt entirely too long and too much and i was like damn there's there's more right and I mean, I, even I, now i skipped that whole scene even when i rewatch it 
Oh my gosh. And the wild thing about that, and I'm just a, a walking contradiction here. I love that. Like, See, that's so I love that epilogue. So and it's so a mess. Yeah. Like, and Jared Leto, I love it because it felt like redemption for Leto. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that did. Joker, really, to be honest with you, yeah. it did. I, and I enjoy the Leto Joker, but as many other people don't. But honestly, like that's the only gripe I have about this movie, which I think yeah. is like it's that's, a good movie. That's it the did, point. I thought that my only gripe was going to be length, and then Marcus mm-hmm. pointed out to me, like I think it was after Daniel was after Riddler was caught, and Marcus is like. Yo, we still got like 45 minutes. Yes. And I was oh, like, yeah. thank fucking God. Like, yeah. I need to know where the. When, we, when he got arrested in the coffee scene. Yes. That I realized when he got arrested oh. in the coffee scene and then went to interrogate him, I said, oh shit, we haven't even gotten to the Riddler's part of the story. They were yeah. closing yeah. books on certain parts. Yes. And then it was like, oh shit, we still got to talk about the Riddler. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was amazing. And so that was, I mean, I thought that was going to be my gripe because that usually is. It's like, mm. it was too long. I, that's, <laughs> when we got to that, I was like, I'm fine with getting more of this. So yeah, that's, yeah. that was, that was totally fine with me. I mean, like, I, I, I feel like I have to like, take up some space here for this because like when they got him in the coffee shop, I was like, wow, pretty bold that they're using a part of the finale in their previews. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, nah, man, you messed up. Like you failed. Like you utterly, I, I, completely. Because I, I wanted you to wanted me wanted you to. Yes, and you totally failed. And that was just. I will also admit, I, I turn thirty six tomorrow, but I'm really enjoying Ooh. seeing my heroes have this crisis of confidence and like just be like, oh, maybe I got it wrong. Like, right? I, I, that's enjoyable to me. Which leads me to my next point that I want to ask you two. I saw some talk about this online. This was a plot point that was clear to me, but I'm curious about your feelings. Did you walk away knowing from the interrogation scene between Batman and the Riddler? Did you walk away with the idea that the Riddler did or did not know Batman was Bruce Wayne? What I, what were your thoughts on that? I started off thinking that he did know who Batman right. was. And when he left, I said, oh, shit out loud i said oh shit he doesn't know who batman is <laughs> and that was in real time in the theater yeah. that was in real time in the yeah. theater because yeah. i also was like because marcus he was like he knows who he is and i was like yeah he does and then i then i was like maybe he doesn't know and then marcus said it and i jumped right on that bandwagon i was like you're right he doesn't so like i <laughs> ran into that i ran into that too where i was like i wasn't sure if he figured it out Yo, but because he when, doesn't know when yeah. Batman when he because he thinks he's gonna say Bruce like his name yes. and he does, but not in the way that we thought he was. Bruce. And Batman kind of gives him this side eye, like, "Oh Bruce. shit, I can't show face." Know? Like, "Oh yeah, that's right, Bruce. What about him, huh?" It's like Why when you try and trick your kids into like, "Did you take that cookie?" Well, there was only there was more than one left. <laughs> oh, so you did take it? Like <laughs> he had to be, he had to, he fell into that. Like he was had trying to play to, cool. Gotta go around the merry go round. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. I definitely thought because I was like, okay, you have to kill off Paul Dano because if he knows yep. who Batman knows. is, yep. How else okay. does this movie end? Yep. Yep. Completely agree. I well, I saw people talking and they were like, "Well, how the Riddler knows who Batman is?" And I was like, "No, he does not. No, he does not." Like, I feel like it's it's pretty clear that he's like, "We didn't get him, did we, Batman? We didn't kill Bruce Wayne." And that was the moment where I was like, "Oh, he doesn't." Like, 
which by the way shout out to matt reeves for like even like i i'm not bruce wayne i i am brian roush i have a day job like i'm not batman but i was so stressed that this man the riddler was gonna find out i was the batman like how you like, convey those feelings it's masterful like like I I had secondhand anxiety mm-hmm. that he would find out I was the Batman. I am not the Batman. Yeah. I do not go out at night. I need my sleep. Uh, but just so well done. Yeah, and Like give him awards. Like I don't know what else to say. I just yeah. like it was so well communicated. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And not to mention like the tension, the tension in a lot of this was just so so the sexual tension yeah that also those two those two are knocking some boots they are knocking boots uh, at after interviews do you look yeah. the way that they look at each other yeah. oh there's something going on there yeah. there's I, absolutely something yeah. going on there when she had that red hair on i said mm, that man <laughs> much if you if you didn't eat the box before you better start eating the box now <laughs> hairballs, furballs, whatever it is you want. I don't give a damn. Yo, Zoe Kravitz was like that. As the main female lead in this movie and was carrying her own, she was like that because she could act. But also, whenever she did Catwoman shit and was drinking milk like a cat and was meowing like a cat and scratching people's face like a cat, and then the weird sexual tension between her and her dad that he didn't know, and he was like, it was kind of, that part was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Shout out, (laughs) I want to give a shout out to my wife. I know she doesn't always, I mean, like, she listens when she can. She's a mother of three and and owns her own business, but like, in Maggie Roush, in the movie, I was, like, when when he's asking, like, it's Falcone, and she's like, yeah, I don't. I, and she has like a very strong reaction. I'm not going to uh, replicate it here. And I was like, oh, they're 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 doing it. They're and she doing- was like, no. And I was like, OK, yes. well, we'll yeah. see, honey. They're- and yeah, by the way, she was totally right on record. She was absolutely right. She's like, I knew it wasn't sexual. I knew it wasn't romantic. It was something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the Falcone's her dad and Maggie called oh, it and oh, immediately. Yeah when that happened in the 44 below scene and uh i doubted her i shouldn't have and well it was a one-way sexual tension yeah it was because he thought he didn't know that was his daughter Mm -mm. so he when he rubbed her face he was like you know it was the way he touched her face it was so weird don't be a stranger now you know that wasn't like come back and get my my daddy come back and come get your allowance kind of don't be a stranger that was a Put a wig on and come see me at the if, top. If Maggie was on the podcast, this, this film is going to be in your it mouth. Was her voice. Oh yeah. my gosh! What did you just say? I said it. You touched her face. Like this thumb's going to be in your mouth. Like that's the way oh. it felt, and I I didn't know how to feel about it. It made me, I need an adult. Goodness I don't gracious. like anyone touching my face, so it it actively bugs <laughs> the fuck out of me. Like when you don't touch other people's faces, like leave yeah. their face alone. Imagine, um, imagine your father putting his stuff in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> all, you can think, all you can think about is he doesn't know I'm his like, <laughs> I, <didn't know> <laughs> I, I did not think that. Um, <laughs> putting that okay. out there. Can we talk about John Turturro for a minute? Like, no, I, I want to talk about Zoe Kravitz, damn it. I want to talk, talk about Zoe Kravitz. Okay. I'm trying to get away from I'll, I'll give you one more Zoe Kravitz had, thing. She had a whip. She had a what? A whip. <laughs> she did. She a whip. A whip. <laughs> like a whip. Like BDSM <laughs> fantasies was like. Oh, she didn't even know who Bruce. Silly. Here's the interesting thing about Catwoman. 
they were kissing. You know what I mean? Like Come she doesn't me. know who this person under this mask is. Nick? He smells like all day and all night. And Probably. he just walks around beating people's asses. Yep. For and you're just like, you know what? I'm attracted to this. Like he used <laughs> you as live bait. And you were just like, mm-hmm. Like, I want that. So I just thought that that was also interesting. But it was a natural connection. They had the best, well, they had the second best chemistry on in this movie. The first I mean, is Gordon and Batman. I would Thank say, you. I, I would say every single like combination of folks yeah. played so well with each other. I mean, Andy Serkis yes. is also going to fly That's under true. the radar for a oh while. Oh my gosh. Because he stole here. every scene he was in. Yes. I did not expect to be made emotional by the <laughs> hospital scene where fucking I'm just like, thinking about it. Right. Where, where like he was like, Oh, that, Oh, all of that just top to bottom was just so good yeah. of just how, well they played off of one another i would say even colin farrell john Turturro, the mobster side of things played off of each other really well every this was just the cast just did such a good job intersecting with one another across the board like i don't think that there was one person who was like that person's out of place like they were all mm -hmm. just melded so well together i yeah i, I honestly yes the the casting I, I there's nobody that I saw in this film where I was like, mm, I'm thinking about somebody else in this role. Everybody, yeah. everybody yeah. nailed yeah. it. Like, and, and I feel like not to harp on Zoe Kravitz. We have, we've barely talked about Robert Pattinson, but I feel like Zoe Kravitz brought like an illustrative version of Selena Kyle. That oh, is not, it's not over the top. It It, it is like this believable Neil, like nihilist who is just like, nah, man, like I've had a really, bad take in life i've drawn a poor hand i'm mm -hmm. gonna steal this guy's money and i'm gonna leave and like and it works and batman yeah. says you have a lot of cats and it gets a laugh and it works like how the how in the world this movie works on so many levels i don't know it, well, but it does it was such a blend her Catwoman is such an amalgam of like mm. year one yes year weird. one Catwoman. Long Halloween Catwoman and Hush Halloween Catwoman all yeah. wrapped up in the same neat, beautiful little package because it is just like incredible how they all she was able to convey all of those different things. Yes. So she did a fantastic job. Divine yeah. amalgam. It's like a comp. It's like a combination. Yeah. I've never heard of that word before. Oh, look at that. I knew what it meant by context, but I wanted to see how he spelled it. That was pretty good. Well, I guess Doug's just bringing out those SAT words. It's I fine. didn't mean to. Mm -hmm. I don't I know mean, why. Somebody's been reading. We talked about <laughs> we just welcome to Films of Black and White, where we could talk about muff diving into somebody's box and use the word amalgam, amalgam. in the same All podcast. That, that's the that's the podcast this is. Welcome. <laughs> that's the new intro. We're not doing no more music. That's just gonna be the new intro. Yep, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Um <laughs> gentlemen, other things that you'd like to talk about as it relates to the Batman? Yes. Listen, the movie is great. And we spent a lot of this movie just talking about Batman in general as a character because you have to because everybody's yes. interpretation is so different. For sure. Um, <clears throat> but everything about this movie just feels perfect. Yes. It's one of those like No Way Home is different because you kind of it lives off the nostalgia while also mm -hmm. hoping you'll answer the question of what's coming next in the Marvel Universe and it's Spider-Man. It's an easy sale. 
This one says, hey, here's another Batman. We understand we've done this before. And there's three other iterations that'll be on the screen this year. Mm -hmm. But also, he's darker. It's Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves, the guy who did Planet of the Apes. Will you come watch? And everybody's like, you know what? Why not? Why the fuck not? Yeah. 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 That's a great way to put, like, like, I feel like, like, this is, I I also, not to, like, bring the real world into it, but I feel like this is, like, the big next blockbuster after Mm Spider-Man, and the narrative around that was, like, COVID, and, like, are people gonna brave the theaters, and it's, like, I don't know, man, we rally around Batman, like, everybody got the memo about Batman, and we all went, and we figured it out, and, like, I don't know, I just, I I think one of the things, oh, go ahead. No, so I, I want to add in there, like you said, we rally around Batman. Matt Reeves didn't show too much in his trailers. He showed you the same thing, and still I felt like, damn, a lot of this movie is new. So I want to add that to your point. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, honestly, bouncing off of that, this was just a good mystery film. Yeah. Like, yeah. mystery films rule. Yeah. I love mystery films. Even if they're predictable, like, you still get enjoyment out of them. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's Batman's roots. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one of the things that made this movie such a, a success. And I think yeah. one of the other things I want to bring up that's adjacent to this is that I think they really drove home like just kind of how damaged Batman is. And I know we've mm-hmm. talked about this in many other movies. It's been it illustrated many times. I think one of the things Matt Reeves did well with this script and bringing it to life was showing that like up until the third act, like if you look, if you watch this a second time, the Batman and the Riddler are more similar than they are different. That's and that's uncomfortable. Uh, with a capital U because like they're both hiding in the shadows. They're both looking through their binoculars at people and they're both saying they're, they're enacting vengeance. And I, and Doug brought this up of just like this moment that Batman has of like, Oh no. (laughs) Oh, doing this. No. Oops. All vengeance. And you have to be more than all vengeance. Vengeance. Like, and that's like an integral part about Batman because he's always trying to like, he's not trying to avenge. He's trying to make it worse for these other people so yeah. they don't do it. Look how well that always works out. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, the, and, and Maggie brought up this point because like at the beginning of the film, you don't know when you're looking through those binoculars if it's Batman or if it's the Riddler. And it 100%. turns out it's the Riddler. And I thought it, thought it was Batman. The Batman, which like, and I even like me being me, I was like, oh, that's Batman looking through the binoculars. And then you come to find out, like, oh no, that is a serial murderer. Got it. Got it. Okay. I thought very wrong. I thought he was watching a young Bruce Wayne when I first saw it. Yeah. Seriously. I was just unsettled throughout the entire mm-hmm. sequence because I was like, oh, that, that person's dead. Oh, that's a Halloween costume. And then on top mm-hmm. of it, it's like, oh, he's hiding in the shadows, just like the Batman. Yep. Uh, yeah, just so many things done well with this film. Mm-hmm. I want to go watch it again. Yeah. Here's here's what I'll say, and this is the last thing I want to say. You're fine. Uh, Robert Pattinson, we have not spent a lot of time on him today, but he deserves a very special shout out. Yes. He did an outstanding job. Like, oh, yeah. he, he did it, great. It's clear that he did his homework with this character. Mm-hmm. It's clear that he enjoyed doing this character. Yeah. And I think the this was also simultaneously, he probably doesn't see it this way. I think for fans of his who know that he has Redemption. acting talent from things like oh my gosh. Lighthouse and other stuff, 
I think for a lot of us, this was like a, we need to stop bringing up Twilight every time his name gets brought That's up. true. We need to start looking to his other source. Especially material. after the devil all the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We really need to stop saying like, oh, Robert Pattinson is synonymous with Twilight because he's such a good actor. And this movie did such an outstanding job of giving him the range to be able to do that. Um, and showing someone who was broken and damaged and complex and working through his shit. And I thought well, that that was just really, really well done. And the thing I just want to like, the, the thing I want to add here is like Pattinson, like he acted like he just, yes, he, he got it. Where Christian Bale, like to his credit, that dude methods, like all, Everything. like all get out. And mm -hmm. he is, and he deserves his Oscar. I think he's one of the greatest actors of our, mm -hmm. of our time. Uh, but Robert Pattinson was like, no, I'm just going to act like Bruce Wayne. I'm not going to like bulk up or Hulk out. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to like put on all this muscle. I'm just, I'm going to embody the spirit of Bruce Wayne, Batman and be sad vengeance running around. Yes, and like you got vengeance. <laughs> like you got the sad vibes. Like he right. nailed it. You can't describe how he communicates these sad vibes, yeah. but he did. And you felt for him and you're like, oh, you're such a lost soul. Oh, yeah. goodness. And like I, I feel like he understood the character on a bedrock level because like it, it's this thing of like one of the things I want to bring up. I, I know we're kind of closing out here, and I'm not trying to introduce a new thing, Sad but vengeance. <laughs> vengeance. Uh, one of the things though is that he's like he understands the character so well that Bruce Wayne focuses on being this vengeance of the night that he doesn't pay attention to the renewal fund which is essentially like this underlying thing. crux of the entire film and if bruce wayne had paid any sort of attention to any part of his company or any part of the renewal fund which essentially became a corrupt like slush fund would he need to become the batman if he actually like paid attention to bruce wayne? I, I don't know I said that when when I said that to Marcus, I leaned over and I said, if he had taken the meeting with his accountant at the beginning and paid attention to what the fund was at, maybe this would have looked differently. And I just I remember making that point. So I think it's a great point, Brian. But they had to, they had to do that separately because you have to see, like that's why he yo, has to be better. That's yeah. why he has to also be yep. Bruce Wayne. This movie was about the Batman. It was not yeah. called yeah. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no purpose. dark nights here. No dark nights. No, this isn't the symbolism of the dark night or anything. Right. Like that. No. To the end, this is about okay, hey, there's buddy. this crazy motherfucker walking around in a cape yes. dressed like a bat. Yeah. And he's committed to this shit 24. Like, oh, so much so that the little shit in this movie also shocked me. And I love. Yeah. When he was out in the daytime. He could not look directly at the sun. This motherfucker had to put shades on. Yeah, he did. Like, You're right. You are in the dark 24-7 <laughs> that bad that your eyes hurt. You can't even look at the sun. Yeah. I, the only I, reason this man went to a funeral was to find a clue. And yeah. that that is the Bruce Wayne of this movie. Yeah. The last thing that I want to say is, again, I can't drive home how like in tune with time, running time that it is. I am arguably four days removed from seeing this movie. And I am trying to find a way to justify sitting in a theater again for it. Like it was, me too. It was just so y'all, it was just so good and so well done. And so 
that's I really don't know like, what else to say. It was just really, really good. Like it comes out to HBO Max 45 days from release. So Fantastic. I'm going to watch this again in mid-April because oh, it, yeah. is, it is it is. just it, made it, my day. I need to go to it, a barbershop and get a bootleg. Uh... <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a touchstone for everything Batman related for the next five oh, to six, yeah. eight years. Yeah. I'm about to go to it. This is the new Batman. Mm -hmm. and, and like although michael keaton's version will come out and then i'm assuming it's michael keaton again in the batgirl series yeah right. yeah yep yep you're yeah, right flash batman keaton and then batgirls keaton and there's i heard there was one more iteration of batman somewhere and i can't remember what it was yeah maybe it was keanu reeves super pets batman but yeah this is, that's probably what it is this is the bellwether like all of those others are going to be like secondary characters in other storylines and so yeah. this is if you are going somewhere and you just want pure boiled down batman oh essence to inject into your veins premium batman it. yeah you want batman crack this is the place for you to come to <laughs> welcome to wb bitch yeah this case is free the rest has to be on hbo max you gotta pay for that shit um yeah but that's what i got so um Gentlemen, any other closing thoughts? Don't make this a connected universe. Don't do that. I don't That's want you to mention the only universe I want you to focus on is the Bat Family, which is what Matt Reeves wants. He wants the, all of the characters. I'd love a Jason um, in his universe. I want to see a Nightwing. I want to see a young Robin. I want to see that they had a young Robin perfectly casted that I think will be good. It's the little kid from Euphoria. Um, oh, that I think that Ash. His name is Ash. Yeah. If you Google him, you'll look. He's already he's like a boxer, but he's like ripped up little kid, but he's a good actor. Mm. Um, and I think that that's a good route to take. I want to see this Bat family. I, if you're taking on the rogues gallery, you did three, which means you could do another three in your sequel. And the Joker is not going to be in the sequel, y'all. If y'all thinking that you did wrong, I think he'll go I another mean... route. But I want to see the Bat family. So yeah. don't make it a connected universe. I don't want to see any red capes in this one. They need to go get Superman right before they try to introduce anything like that into this grounded universe. Yeah. I, I think I, there's precedent for there to be a Robin. I mean, the way that he was looking at that kid, like both yeah. in the church yes. and the way that he was looking at that kid as Batman, when he walked down and said like the kid found him, that's you've set up like a, a relationship and a, and a, a character motivation for him to take on a Robin. Like you've, you've set that up and I it mean, can be done really well. Honestly, sky is the limit here. Mm -hmm. Like really you've is. built a universe that is both fantastical and, and like realistic, like show me firefly. Why not show, yeah. like, <laughs> show me whoever you want. Like, well, 100%. maybe not poison Ivy, but like, honestly, sky is the limit with this stuff. Like it's sure. just, it's so if they did a second one, I I'm, I'm first in line. Yep. A hundred percent. Um, awesome. Well, uh, go and check that out. It's in theaters and like Brian mentioned, it will be to HBO max sometime in mid April. Gentlemen, anything that you would like to plug this week? <clears throat> follow the mantra. Never offended. Always humble. Go to, uh, follow the mantra dot item order dot com. Um, oh, well, nope. That's the old website. Go to the link in my bio. All of my socials are Marcus J. Destin. And the link is in all of my bios. Um, go stream some music. Um, go new music is on the way. Thank you to everybody that came to the Ruby Ball. Um, it was a great show, it was a great performance. You just never know when your last show is, so I always like to perform like it's my last time. And uh, yeah, yeah, follow the mantra in real life and on Instagram, underscore underscore the mantra. Never offended, always humble. Awesome, 
good stuff. Brian? I yeah, also I'm found going. out, oh, go my ahead. bad. Also, go, go, go. I, I can't say who, but I found out I'm going to be a goddad. And they told me I'm going to be a goddad. So I do want to shout out my godson. I'll tell y'all names as soon as I get approval from the parents and stuff like that. But that's really cool. Congratulations. You know, this is a big moment. So I want to shout that out on this podcast. Because he's cool. gonna be a nerd like me, just like his god daddy. Good. That's important. <clears throat> Need more of those. Good. Brent? Yeah. Uh so I'm gonna plug the lovenerds.com. Go check it out. Uh as always, you got recipes. There's you can go check out the shop. There's designs there. There's just so much goodness there. A lifestyle blog for all your needs, the lovenerds.com, run by my wife Maggie. She's wonderful Later. and could probably run with Batman as a detective because I got so many things wrong in this movie. So <laughs> if you're wondering who is calling all the right stuff, the person that makes that blog, the lovenerds.com. Awesome. Um, I would like to plug um, the Acme comic book store in Sioux City, hey, Iowa. Yeah. I, uh, Marcus and I rather stopped by there uh, prior to the um, movie, and I picked up a couple of things there that were really, really good reads. Um, I'm really... There's, I'm on a I'm on a cliff, y'all. Like I'm about to become that yeah. person. Oh, do, it. Um, do it. But I also want to plug uh, this do podcast. Um, we got some great stuff coming up. Um, there's some really good things, fantastical things that are. <laughs> damn it! There's some really some great things that are coming out um, on our Patreon. If you're a member of our Patty family, yeah, vote on our next movie. There are some great choices over there. Oh my gosh, um, there's so many good ones. Yo, yes. those movie choices are so fucking wild, y'all. Oh my I'm gosh, that so if we do Battlefield that. Earth, I'm gonna I'm gonna come here for four drinks in because that's. Geez. Oh, if you want to see four drink Brian, four drink Brian says two naughty words. Um, <laughs> that's the Patreon um, level. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's a different tier there. Um, but yeah, and then also we're over there on uh, TikTok. So check us out at Films in Black and White. Um, been a little bit quiet lately, but trying to get back into that here this week. Um, gentlemen, we have a three step process to success. Brian, what is our first step? Hey, folks. We talked a lot about the Batman. He showed up in comic form first. And you might think comics aren't a book, but ah, nay. Graphic novels, you read them, you see them, you feel them. Batman has so many good stories that you can read. We already mentioned a few. The Long Halloween. I'm going to plug Dark Victory. I'm going to plug... Uh, I believe Red Hood. That's literally the title, I think, of the book. I'm also going to plug Arkham Asylum. Just so many good court of owls. I could go on. I can tell you all my favorite Batman stories. Here's the deal, though. They're all in a book. You can watch Mm. them, but read them in a book. If you like this stuff, read a book. Anyway, read a book. Fantastic. Absolutely. Marcus, why don't you Mm. run us down our second key to success? Do it. Our second key to success is these wings. Listen, <laughs> go to the lovenerds.com. <laughs> I thought about these as Brian was talking, and I, I just want to say happy birthday to Brian. Oh, uh, happy birthday to Brian, man. I love you. Uh, I love y'all. I love you, man. We love you. Shout out to the love nerds. These I wings the make love. Uh, second key to these wings. <laughs> 
these wings make me as lusty as Zoe Kravitz did in that Batman movie. But listen, if you if you don't want to be as thirsty as I am, drink some water. You know what I mean? You got to stay hydrated. You got to stay um, in tune with your body. Sometimes you got to switch up the water. Make sure you're getting the right electrolytes in. Fiji may be fancy, but it may not be the right water for you. Oh, yeah. Sometimes faucet gets it done. Sometimes you need something else, but drink some water. You know what I mean? Very important. Damn, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as always, our theor- third key to success is, look, wash your ass. If you think that you can just run around in sweatshirt and jeans with a hoodie underneath and you're not going to have to wash your ass, you absolutely are. Look, you didn't see him do it, but even Bruce Wayne washes his ass because he knows that he, the, the criminals will smell him coming before they see him coming. So be sure to get up in it and wash your ass. Um, that does it for this week's episode of Films in Black and White. Thank y'all for joining us. We'll be back next week with a news episode, um, bringing, bringing down some latest headlines. Um, but in the meantime, in the between time, stay safe, stay healthy. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch y'all next week. <laughs>